but you know, the way this sport is now and you see the camps emerging, um, all over the place from, you know, comp train proven training think tank has been doing it for a long time. Um, you know, even the underdogs this past year started bringing the team together. Uh, and it's a very logical step. It's like, nothing's better than coaching some, someone in person and giving them immediate feedback as opposed to seeing it the day after and then going back in and saying, all right, so next week we're going to do this, you know? So it's, for me, it's just, it just makes more sense. Yeah. And when you say, when you say training camp, you're not talking about a weekend, you're talking about you're building, you have a facility and everybody's packing up and moving and living um, in your area and training full time. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, no, not a week long. Uh, It's a, it's a full-time commitment. Now these. In partnership with the morning chalk up and part of the morning chalk up podcast network. This is the Clydesdale fitness and friends. My name is Scott Schweitzer. I am your host and the Clydesdale. My friends are Amy Radowski, Charlie Odie and Kat Shear. We are here to bring you the best interviews with the biggest personalities in the fitness world and CrossFit from all over the world. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating and write a review. It's such a big help to our podcast. And with that, we're on to this week's episode of the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. RX Mark Your Jump Ropes, the best jump ropes in the business. Our title sponsor and such great support from them. You can get your RX Mark Gear jump ropes by going to rxmarkgear.com. At checkout, use Clydesdale15, all caps, and you can get 15% off your order. Uh, you can buy jump ropes of any color, shape, size, uh, the handles. You can make those whatever you want. You can get the cable at different weights um, and different lengths depending on your height. So check it out at rxmarkgear.com. Use Clydesdale15 at checkout and you'll get 15% off your order. That does exclude new additions, new arrivals and special editions, but check that out. Uh, It's a great deal. In addition to that, they're also supporting our hashtag road to a thousand. If you subscribe to our YouTube channel, Clydesdale Fitness and Friends podcast, and you have a public profile, every time we hit the century mark with subscribers, we're giving away a brand new RX Mark Your Jump Rope. And Dave Newman, the owner of the company, has promised to throw in a couple extras uh, for that winner. So make sure you go over, subscribe, and uh, you have a public profile, and you may be our next winner. Hey, everyone. I got a secret to tell you. There's this really cool company out there called Element 26. We have partnered with them, um, and they have some of the coolest equipment on the market for us CrossFitters, lifters, um, strongmen. Uh, so one of the products they have is thumb tape. It is like the best thumb tape on the market. It is flexible and it moves with you. Um, and it is very tacky and sticky. So great thumb tape. Another one of the products that I use and I love are their grips. They are chocolate grips. They are rubberized. And I'm a Clydesdale, right? I'm big. This helps me stick to the bar. I don't move. I can hang for a very long time as a big man with these on my hands. Uh, Great for official team name yet, but that's what we're calling them informally. And we are here with Matt Torres, the coach, Emma Carey, 
um, the youngest winner of an open event ever at 17 years old and first time CrossFit Games athlete this past year. James Sprague, a two-time teen competitor, uh, finished fourth and fifth at the games. We also have Dallin Pepper, three-time teen champion uh, at the CrossFit Games. And both James and Dallin competed at the West Coast Classic in the semifinals, uh, looking to make it one step further next year. So, hey, guys, welcome. Good to be Thank on. You. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us, Scott. Yeah, so, and we'd be we'd be remiss to say too that Emma is was not necessarily a rookie this year. She's been uh, at the games several times as a as a teen as well, right? One one time, one time, okay. And won it that one time. <laughs> so um, Matt, let's start with you. So your background and what got you into coaching? Uh, did you have other like an other athletic background, or were you always like weightlifting, CrossFit? Mm -hmm. Uh, so actually, I grew up playing football. Um, I was fortunate enough to play college football as well at Central Michigan University. Um, and, you know, I, it's always been a comfort of mine to be inside of the strength and training uh, area. You know, I understood from a young age that, you know, what you put in an offseason or inside of the gym uh, can greatly impact your sport. Um, so it was almost a very natural thing to move from football you know, loving the gym and then opening my first CrossFit gym, um, you know, a few years after, after leaving college. And then that pretty much sent me on the track that I'm on right now. And very few people know that Central Michigan actually is a, a pretty big um, supplier of players to the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. We had a lot of good kids when, uh, when I was playing football, um, you know, I got there when uh, Joe Staley was a senior Right. He just retired. Um, you know, I don't know, James, you might know Nick Ballor with the uh, with the Seahawks. He's a, a fullback special teams guy as well. Um, Antonio Brown is probably the biggest name. Um, you know, I was having I was having a pretty good like. Trajectory until he came in because I was a wideout as well. And then, uh, yeah, so no, that's there, there, the there, that's how that happened. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I love the guy anyways, you know. Um, but yeah, you know, we had, we had some good players when I was around. So the question I have for you, the athletes, and we'll start with Emma, go James and then Dallin is what is your background? Have you always been a CrossFitter? Because that's kind of like what Dave is always saying. Now we're going to see this influx of people who just CrossFitted, or did you have another athletic background before you got into CrossFit? That's a great question. So I've been doing CrossFit for just about six years now, and I found the sport through my dad, um, who was a games athlete as well. He competed in 2011, 2016, and then this year in 2021. Um, and so I found that sport through my dad before I did every sport you could imagine. I, I was on swim team. I did a lot of track. Um, I was a failure of a basketball player. Let's not talk about that. Um, I played a lot of soccer. I uh, played football. I did wrestling, kind of everything you could imagine. And then when I found CrossFit, it was the thing that combined an element from all the sports that I did. And I just was hooked to it immediately and wanted to start training it. And Emma, what's your background? I did tumbling from when I was four to when I was nine one hour a week, honestly, just to spend time with my friends. I was not athletic at all. And I thought it was hard and I didn't like it. 
And then I found CrossFit when I was 10 because of my dad um, and was not really expecting to like it, but I fell in love with it because it was hard. And that had been so unlike me in my past, but it was the hardest thing I had ever done. But at the end of the workout, I was like, wow, that made me better. And I loved that feeling. And I've just chased that feeling ever since. Alan, what do you got? <clears throat> yeah, so something I've realized, like, just over this past year, probably is CrossFit. At this point in my life, I would probably have to say CrossFit is my background. Um, just because I've been doing it just as long as I did anything else before. Um, but before I started doing CrossFit, I was playing baseball, football, basketball, anything I could. All my best friends were always on my team. Um, yeah, but I'd say CrossFit's now my background. Um, that's what I like to think about. That's what I'm here to do. And I got into CrossFit because my parents started doing it. They wanted me to use it to uh, help me with other sports and get stronger, fitter. And I thought it was dumb. And I was like, nope. And then I saw the 2015 games and I saw there's a teenage division and I immediately was hooked. I think it's funny that all of you were inspired by your parents uh, in one way or another. And James, actually, I have met your dad. Um, we go to the Masters Fitness Collective every year and we've seen him there the last two years. Um, so just got to see him about a month ago. That is so cool. I was actually with Dowen just a couple hours north of you guys when you guys were there. We were in Michigan at the Pit Teens Throwdown helping out there. But yeah, my dad's a, a stud. He And he's never really been injured either, which is the crazy thing. He's been in it for like 11, 12 years, and he's been healthier than can be, healthier than I've been, which is, I'm jealous. Yeah, and he's in the 60 plus. He's in, he just turned 56. So he okay. just went to the games Ooh. and he has Don't, tell, don't tell him I said that. <laughs> I won't he won't get offended he's right. a he's a lighthearted guy well I just, I just think that's cool that like that that's a great message for parents out there that you can set the example and look what look what's happened uh three of the fittest uh people in the world sitting right here in front of us because of that mm -hmm. so what what brought you to brute because I know we've talked to Emma in the past and she came to brute because she needed to work on her strength was that the same for you guys yeah, I think that uh, for me, it was seeing Dallin and my friend Tudor succeeding with Brute. And I saw how well they were doing and I knew that they were just this uh, platform that was kind of overtaking the CrossFit world. And my coaching, what I was doing before wasn't really working out. I was pretty dang skinny and I couldn't get strong. And then I saw what Matt was doing with my friend Tudor and Dallin. And I was like, I want that. So I reached out to Matt and I said, hey, can you help fix my broken knee and help make me strong because I want to be strong. And he did just that. What about you, Dallin? Since yes, you were the leader. Yes. So going a little farther back, um, it was January, 2018. At the time I was just coached by the owner of my gym at Spanish Fort CrossFit. And there was a brute strength camp in Salt Lake city, which is about an hour North. And I texted Adrian Conway. I was pretty close with him at the time. And I was like, hey, can I come up to this camp? Uh, he's like, yeah, sure, we got a spot for you. And so my 16-year-old self drove, drove up, stayed at grandma's house each night. And by the end of the camp, I went up to Matt Bruce, and I, I was immediately hooked. Like, I wanted everything to do with what these guys were doing. Um, I talked to Matt Bruce, and I was like, how do I become one of your athletes? What do I need to do? Um, and at first, they're like, well, let's start you on the games track, and then we'll move on from there and then as I'm driving home that night 
just like stoked with all the knowledge I absorbed over the weekend. Matt Bruce called me and he was like, hey, we're going to hook you up with Matt Torres um, and we'll get to work on one-on-one coaching. And I'm Matt, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm one of the first athletes you've had under Brute at the time because you were a newer coach at the time. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how it started and I've never looked back since. And Emma, what, what brought you to, to Brute? Definitely watching Dallin's dominance in the team division. Um, because at the time, that's what I wanted. Like, I didn't just want to win. I wanted to win everything I could. I wanted to be the best at everything. Um, and seeing that Dallin was that. I had been writing my own programming for probably about three years and just trying to do everything. I was not afraid to do what I was bad at and to do what hurt. And I just did a lot of those things and kind of got burned out, was not seeing any improvements anymore. Um, so I had met Nick Fowler at the Granite Games, at the 2019 Granite Games. So I reached out to him and just said that I wanted to be a part of Brute. And he connected me with Matt. And I was so excited about that. And I've just loved it ever since. So, so you, you didn't, none of you actually went for strength. You saw, well, the two of you saw what Dallin was doing overall as an athlete and wanted to be a part of that. So and you went to a camp, Dallin. And so I think there's a misunderstanding sometimes that brute is more than just a strength component. And it's more of like a CrossFit training um, thing. So can you, can, can you explain that, Matt? Yeah, so uh, when, when, Dallin, when Dallin first met us, um, you know, I think we ran like two or three camps a year uh, for anybody to come into a 10. Uh, and we had a pretty good group of coaches at that time. Um, like Dallin mentioned, our one-on-one -on -one program was fairly new. Uh, and that was like the introduction that we're going to bring in uh, the one-on-one -on -one to the first camp um, and basically let everyone know that Brute is no longer a templated program only, it is now offering one-on-one -on -one programming as well. So, you know, we had, we had a pretty good group of coaches already on the templated side, um, and they're really, really good specifically at what they do. So, for example, we had Adrian Conway as our mental coach um, and pretty much, you know, the, the athlete at that time, you know, he's won as team. He went in as individual to the games. Um, we had Chris Henshaw to work through our aerobic stuff. Um, you know, we had a, you know, we had a great gymnast. We had a great PT on set. We had everything. Um, and I think that was the main attraction for people. Um, and it is a very, it was a very well ran, uh, ran camp. Um, and so with all that happening, we knew that Nick Fowler at that time, I was just working with him and his, um, company. And I had a couple one-on-one -on -one athletes, but we knew that that was the next step was to make brute something bigger, something greater if possible. Um, and that's how everything was connected. You know, there's the, there's a big plus side to have that one-on-one -on -one coach, um, you know, that is really willing to see, you know, what is it that's holding them back? What is it that's preventing them from reaching that next step? And if they're able to dissect it, break it down, put together a good recipe uh, and apply it throughout the season, then hopefully we, we get the goals that we want. So how lucky were you that you got hooked up with Dallin right off the bat as a new coach? Yeah. So 
at that point in time, so what was it, 2018? Um, at that point in time, I was doing remote programming for about two years with Fowler. Um, you know, Dallin was my first brute athlete, I believe, or maybe second or third, uh, but definitely my first teen athlete, right? Because there's a vast difference, obviously, between individuals, but between individual teenagers and master's athletes. It's the, the thought process is completely different across the board. Um, you know, so when Bruce came up to me and he was like, hey, I want you to meet Dallin, you know, I think he won the CrossFit Games that year as a 15-year-old. Um, and he was like, you know, he need, he feels like he needs this. Um, I want him to work with you. I was like, all right, great. You know, it's, I don't know what it's like to work with a teenager, but, you know, if he's willing to work, then we can go ahead and do this thing. Um, you know, and Dallin had a list of things. I'll tell you what, there's a very common um, conversation that happens with teenagers and they're all the same. They all need to get stronger than the other teenagers, right? And everyone's aerobically fit. Typically, you know, there are some better gymnasts than others, but they all want to get strong. Um, you know, so if we can unlock that key for them and get them strong, then they typically do really, really well. So my next question is for the athletes. You all were very successful in the teen division. Emma, Dallin, you won. James, top five. Now you move to the adult division and it's like starting over again, right? You're not necessarily at the top of the heap. Now you're just another fish in the pond. How has that been for you um, making that switch? Uh, for me, it's been super humbling, but also like a wake up call of, hey, you need to be doing more of this. You need to be more in tune with all these aspects, um, being more all in because obviously the field is much bigger. So you're going to be a much smaller fish in the pond, like you just said. And if you want to stand out, you have to do everything different than everyone else and make sure that you're setting the highest standards for yourself. And I think the, the biggest thing is believing in myself more um, has been huge. Uh, going into the teen division, it was more just to have fun. Now it's believing that I can actually go be a dominant force and, uh, just the factor of patience, because obviously like, I think for the guys, if you look for us guys and girls, statistically guys haven't made it that touch yet. Like Emma and Mal O'Brien did this year, um, like the younger dudes. So I think patience coming with just our age and, and keep going through puberty and, um, and just knowing that we can. Emma, I have Dallas. a question. Oh, go ahead. I have a question just for anybody. Um, how does, you know, you look at athletes that are in their tw early 20s and they're maybe joining the workforce or they're, you know, hooked up with sponsors and really don't have to have um, maybe a full-time job or a career aspirations necessarily, but you guys are dealing with school. And I know that, you know, just as a mom of teenagers, I know that school is not just the hours that you spend in the classroom, right? You've got things, responsibilities to do after the classroom, homework, study for exams and things like that. It's different than a job where you can just sort of punch in and punch out. How much of a factor does that play into your training? And what are some things that you're doing to, to sort of help adjust with that? Dallin, where, where are you with school? And yeah, I, I can answer that. Um, yeah, so with school, uh, I'm in my second year of college. I'm at Utah State University. Um, I'm an econ major, so I really love the business side of things. But when it comes to training, um, so I recently, this semester is my first time going part-time. I did enough in high school that I still should graduate probably before most of the kids my age. 
Um, so that's the only reason I allowed myself to go part-time is because I was far enough ahead. Um, but that first year of school, I mean, you just have to put school first. I mean, to a point, um, making sure you're getting your schoolwork done and then any extra time you have is spent in the gym training, recovering all of that. Um, cause the, I mean, professors, they don't, they don't accept late work. They, they, they can be flexible if you get the right one, but you have to get that done. Um, and then it comes down to time management and priorities. It's you make time for what you want. And I, for me, it's, I got to get my school done and then I got to train. Yeah. Emma, what kind of sacrifices do you have to make with school? Um, my biggest thing with school has been identifying what I'm not willing to compromise or sacrifice. Um, I'm a senior in high school, and this has been my first year being able to do it all online, which has been so nice and has definitely, it's a lot less stress training and it's a lot less stress with school. And I've loved it. Um, but it's really just been seeing that I have to do my schoolwork and my training is something that I'm not willing to sacrifice just to get it done. And like sometimes that means sacrificing sleep and that is something I'm willing to do for a night or two. But then after that, just knowing that is just as important as training. And it's like, what else can I sacrifice? What else can I give up so I can be my best self when I train? Because that is what I'm all into right now. Um, and like it, it's hard, but it's so worth it. And sometimes I do feel like I'm missing out on like the normal team things, but then at the same time, I'm gaining so much and it's not really even a sacrifice when it's a choice. Yeah. I also forgot to mention, sorry. I also forgot to mention I'm completely online and have been all college and Emma worded everything that I said much better. <laughs> yeah, for sure. What Emma said attains to me as well. Like I'm, I'm online as well. I'm doing part-time just like Dallin did the full-time thing all year last year. And it was just so hard running a business, doing full-time school and trying to be a better athlete all in one, like you, like, I think all of us speak for all of us when we say that we don't like to go into something and give half effort. We want to go into something and, and go be the best in our classroom. We want to go into something, be the best businessman we can be. Uh, we want to go into something and, and be the best CrossFit athlete we can be. So when you have that mindset and you're trying to do too much, it stresses you out. And I definitely ran myself over trying to do too much last year. So the part-time thing for me has been really nice. You mentioned that you own a business and I think that's fascinating. Um, so I, I want to ask you all, like, what are your aspirations? Is it like 100% I want to make it to the games and be a CrossFit Games athlete? Or do you have other goals professionally other than that um, outside of the sport? Yeah, I guess I could start this one off because I just talked about the business thing. Um, for me, my main goal and the, the main goal that I think about is the CrossFit Games. Like that comes above all uh, for just this career path. Because if you can make it to the CrossFit Games and do well consistently, it can be a career. Um, but side goals for me are, are like being the best businessman I can be. Like I said, I want to help people all around the world of all different skill assets and all different age groups uh, find their fittest life and find a true sense of confidence through fitness. And so kind of taking after what Matt's doing and uh, programming for athletes. And actually, Emma is one of my coaches now. And then Dallin has his own platform that he does that through. And so we're all 
hopefully are going to work together on all this when we get to Florida. And that'll be one of our side goals is build a super empire of business for coaching. Super empire. Love it. Super empire. So Emma, what do you have goals other than the games? No, um, I want to be the most dominant athlete in the sport of CrossFit. And like, that's big, that's scary. And I've seen that I can't be great at a lot of things. I have to choose one thing. And no matter how much discomfort, no matter how much risk there is, that's something that I'm all into because I believe in my potential. And every day I believe in it even more. And on top of all this, Dallin, you, you're married, right? So you have a wife to take care of? Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, the, the two focuses of each day is training and obviously my wife. Uh, I know there's other things that in the future when I'm done competing, uh, I know there's some goals I want to hit when it comes to business and that type of stuff. But if things go how I plan on them going um, in the CrossFit Games and my career, those things will take care of themselves pretty easily. So the work's being put in now and my one goal is CrossFit Games. So Matt, you, you mentioned and a happy one of, marriage. <laughs> and a happy marriage, of course. Yeah. Uh, Kat and I are longtime married people. And uh, uh, so I'm, tw- I'm coming on 25 years this year. So Matt, oh, that's um, awesome. Matt, you mentioned one-on-one. You wanted to get into one-on-one training and kind of change the way you're doing things. How did it switch to one-on-four? Actually, I think it was pretty natural, you know. Uh, you take you take one athlete to the CrossFit Games. In this case, it was Dallin. He does pretty well. Um, and at that time, Dallin was work, you know, hanging out with James and Tudor. Um, and from there, just it slowly starts to build. You know, I've before Tudor and before uh, James and Emma. Um, you know, I had five and six other teen athletes as well. Um, you know, and I will say the thing that separates these three from those others is just the willingness to be consistent every day and commit to their best effort every day. Um, and they're very coachable, you know, it's, it's, and that's also part of the reason why I love coaching teen athletes is for those same exact reasons. Um, but you know, naturally the, the spots just started to fill. Um, and you know, over time it was just, it really became a point where I was rejecting people. I was like, look, you can, you can go to this coach. You can go to that coach. Um, Cause no matter who the athlete is, no matter where they are or what level that they're in, they all expect top notch attention. Uh, and so it's, it's fairly difficult, um, you know, to have so much energy and so much bandwidth and, you know, spread it amongst these athletes that want the same thing. Um, when I've already got these phenomenal athletes right now, if I can just give them more of my attention and more of my time, um, you know, the ones that stick, stick and the ones that decide it's not the best choice for them, or maybe they want to test out other routes. Um, you know, you wish them nothing but the best and you hope that they get everything that they desire and they reach their goal. So how did you go from expanding to now wanting to do a training camp? Yeah. So this is a question that a lot of uh, a lot of coaches, remote coaches, I think will be asking themselves more now, right? So <clears throat> the way the sport was three, four years ago, remote coaching is, um, you know, it's, it's a great career. It's a great career path to have. 
Uh, we have coaches on brute that have 50 athletes. My head would explode if I did that. Um, you know, so for me as one of my goals, and this isn't every coach's goal is, you know, I want to be the best coach in the world and I want to coach the best athletes in the world. And I think the next logical step for me is to invite the athletes down and be training them in person. So essentially, um, my, you know, my goal is to not be remote coach. My goal is to be a coach. And if you'd like to come down and uh, be a part of our team, um, you know, we'll talk about it. And if, if it's a great fit, we'd love to have you. Um, but it'll be done in person, you know? So I think it's, for me specifically, it's, and it's different for everybody, you know, like that coach that has 50 on our staff, um, you know, he's very happy, very content with, you know, coaching them remotely and he does very well with it. Uh, but you know, the way this sport is now, and you see the camps emerging, um, all over the place from, you know, Comtrain, Proven, Training Think Tank has been doing it for a long time. Um, you know, even the underdogs this past year started bringing the team together. Uh, and it's a very logical step. It's like, nothing's better than coaching some, someone in person and giving them immediate feedback as opposed to seeing it the day after and then going back in and saying, all right, so next week we're going to do this, you know? So it's, for me, it's just, it just makes more sense. Yeah. And so, when you say, when you say training camp, you're not talking about a weekend, you're talking about you're building, you have a facility and everybody's packing up and moving and living um, in your area and training full time. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, not a week long. Uh, it's a, it's a full-time commitment. Now these with any sport, you know, and I don't believe CrossFit should be any different. There needs to be downtime. There needs to be some balance in someone's life and everyone's going to choose balance their, in their own form or fashion. Uh, but there needs to be a point in time where like they escape and they go away. If it's the end of the season where they're, you know, they're gone for a month or something, that's fine. If it's periodically throughout the year and they're taking breaks here and there, that's great. You know, um, I don't think in anything in life you should be 10, you know, a hundred percent into one thing um, without taking those small breaks. And that goes um, for more like mental game, but even with CrossFit training physically, you have to be taking those breaks. And as a, as a, uh, someone that writes strength and conditioning workouts, that means deloads right? That means listening to your body. It means making the decision that uh, if I go um, into a place today that I know that my body's not ready for, it's going to be worse off for me for days or weeks or potentially months after. So, you know, anything, um, they're going to be down here full time, but, you know, naturally they're going to want to go visit family. They're going to want to go on vacations. They're going to want to go do other things besides uh, CrossFit 24 seven. Sure. How long did it take you, the athletes, to make the decision to commit to the camp? It was right then and there for me when Matt called me the first time. I said, this sounds too good to be true. Let's make it happen. Emma? Yeah, I actually had texted Matt. Um, at the time, I was thinking about going to college in Naples. Um, and just really before I told anybody about that, I texted Matt and I was like, you know, this is kind of big, but if I moved to Florida, would you coach me full time? And he said something like, I had been, I've been thinking about this for a while. Like, yes, let's talk about it. Um, and it was just, it was like, I knew it was what I was supposed to do. 
there was never any doubt, even though, like, even though it's really the biggest change I've ever made in my life, I think it will be the best choice I've ever made. And Dallin, you have someone else to consider. Yeah, so I was actually going to text Matt the same thing Emma did the week he called me. He called me like two or three days before I was like, okay, I should text him. And uh, yeah, I was immediately on board. Um, Corinne, my wife, also was immediately on board, but obviously we had to figure out a few more things because her situation wasn't quite as drop and go. Um, But she, even though it wasn't as easy to do that, she did it immediately and she's all in just like the rest of us. Um, And she'll play a huge role out there and she's just as excited as all of us. And that's pretty huge because if people don't know, this podcast is actually representing every time zone in the United States. Uh, Kat, Matt, and I are on the East Coast. Uh, Emma is Central. Uh, Dallin is Mountain. And James is Pacific. So uh, for you guys to all pick up and move into one location, that's those are some pretty big moves. I was telling my dad the other day and anyone I tell about this move, it's probably the farthest point I could move from where I'm at, like six and a half hour flight, (laughs) top, top to bottom. So I got to ask, James, do you use pre-workout or does anybody let you use (laughs) pre-workout? Chug this stuff every morning. This is not, (laughs) it's, it's natural stuff. I don't take a lot of caffeine because I limit myself to one coffee a week. I think when I was with Matt last time, he's like, you want to get a coffee? You want to get a coffee? And I was like, dude, I I can't do this all the time. Crazy. For sure. (laughs) Have you guys all been to Naples yet? Yeah, we did a training camp there in December and when we didn't want to leave, let's put it that way. Got it. And, and Matt, just a business question for you. Um, uh, You know, I do some remote coaching too. How does, how does it work? financially do do, like are all these are all these athletes paying you like a monthly fee and then or do you like tie into some of their endorsements and sort of take a piece of that like I'm always curious as to sort of how that how that works without divulging you know too many details yeah for sure um it's it's usually pretty uh pretty simple as far as um the business end goes the so brute Brute will label a sponsored athlete depending upon their success in the sport. Um, and if they're a Brute sponsored athlete, then essentially we're sponsoring their training uh, for them, right? So, you know, the three, the three of them, um, you know, we program for them. Brute, on the other hand, um, salaried through Brute, all right? Um, okay. Now, if there's, if there's an athlete that doesn't meet that criteria, um, then there's typically, well, there's one route and there's typically a few different choices that you can make. So if you're, if you want to get coached by brute remote, um, you know, depending on what tier coach you want, that's going to break up the price range from there. So I think it's like 275, 330 a month. And I think like 425, depending on the tiers. Um, and it also depends upon, uh, the coach's availability. You know, an example is that, you know, if you want Nick Fowler as your coach, you know, he's going to be at a pretty high premium. Um, I wouldn't even consider myself in there because I don't take athletes on anymore. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I won't be doing any sort of remote programming. Um, but yeah, from there, it's, you know, it's usually a split, a percentage split between business and uh, between coach. 
And then are you supplementing your income at all with like, are you owning, do you own that gym and you have members that take regular CrossFit classes and things like that? Yeah, exactly. So, um, man, I've been a, a CrossFit gym owner in 2013. Last year I sold my half of the business to my business partner at the same time purchasing another CrossFit gym, um, which okay. is where we did our camp out of CrossFit Naples. Um, and then with Brute coming on board, it's a completely different business model, right? So as, you, as we all know, CrossFit and that business model and group fitness, Brute coming on board is more of an open gym model, one-on-one uh, -on -one model, um, and then a couple of other things here and there. But Brute will also be the same place that we now run our camps out of. So we'll have our athlete camps where, you know, anyone that's interested to learn about Brute and everything we offer, more than welcome to come over there when we start running those. Uh, we'll have our remote athlete camp so if you're currently uh, a remote athlete with brute and you have a coach and you want to come down and train for one of our camps you're more than welcome to do that um and then we'll do a coach's development camp as well so if you've ever aspired to be uh, a remote coach um and you know we we say a lot of things like specific to crossfit but these can apply to any sport in general it just so happens that crossfit is the most difficult sport to program for right because it changes every day it's not like we're playing a four-hour football game on a 100-yard field, and sec plays are working from like six to eight seconds at a time, and that's a completely different energy system. But it's a fairly easy one to develop. Um, so, you know, as someone that aspires to be a coach, we'll have that offering as well. Um, so, there'll within that brute gym, there'll be a lot of a lot of different options for uh, for the business to uh, to succeed. And brute start off at like an OPEX model, right? Is that sort of yeah so well brute, yeah brute started off the best way to compare it is like a lot of people know what comp train is and their templated program so what comp train was on the east coast brute was on the west coast um and they were a templated program so they had like i think brute compete i think they had like brute something i think brute strength brute gymnast brute gymnastics and i think they had like something just below brute compete i forgot what it was um, but that's what they were, you know, they had that offering, uh, and they, what people were asking for was, um, more communication about the results. And so naturally it was like, okay, let's just add a one-on-one -on -one program. So you're either getting a templated program, or if you really want to coach, then you got to come onto this side. Mm -hmm. Okay. Awesome. So this is for the athletes. You all made it to at least the semifinals this year and got to compete at a pretty high level in the um, open division. What did you learn this season that is, you're going to take into this training year? Uh, for myself, it was playing my own race. And if I play my own race, I'm going to do well. And uh, like I mentioned earlier, believing in myself as an athlete, you know, coming into this year, I, I had the stigma that all these big athletes were just going to crush me and everything. It was going to be a learning experience, but my mindset has completely flipped from that to where I know I can crush them now if I have it all together up here. Dallin. Oh, there we go. Sorry, I was muted. Um, the biggest thing I learned is that I belong, kind of like what James said. Um, after day one on West Coast, it became very clear that this is where I'm supposed to be, what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, and I think if I can take that mindset into my training this year, it will be a very different outcome. And also you cannot have holes. Everyone is good at everything. So you have to be better at everything. 
Emma, you made it to the games. What did you take from there? One of my biggest takeaways was the importance of being adaptable. Um, I learned this in the biggest way in the thruster run event at the Granite Games. Uh, I practiced it, it went great, and I did the thrusters unbroken. In my mind, unbroken thrusters was the only way to win, so that's what I was going to do. They got hard much earlier than they did in testing, but instead of even having the thought of breaking, I was like, I'm tough enough not to set these dumbbells down. Like, there's no amount of pain that could make me set these dumbbells down, and then I failed, and then I failed again, and then I failed again, and again. And it was like, all I could do was just go until I failed. Um, because in my mind, unbroken was the only way to win. And that was the only option. And I definitely learned from that event, probably more than I've learned from any other competition event. And by the end of the weekend, I felt much better at that. Um, just seeing that my job as an athlete was to maximize my performance in every event. And sometimes I get on the floor and that would be better than I thought. Sometimes I'd get on the floor and I would have to make changes. And both of those things were okay. Didn't mean I was failing, just meant that I was making the best choice for myself. And that was a big difference from competing as a team because if those would have been 35 pound dumbbells, that would have been a great strategy. I would not have failed. I could have ran fast, just gotten through the thrusters with hunger and grit but now the weights are heavier and the skills are higher and higher rep. And that approach is not the only approach I can take anymore. So how long have you, you guys have been together as like a little group for a while and you seem really close. And, and the story I want to tell is I was at the games in the arena and James came running down um, the steps to cheer for Emma uh, on that first night at the games and you were screaming like with all of your might. So are you guys tight and root for each other all the time? Yeah, we want each other to succeed just as much as we want ourselves to succeed. At least that goes for me, like watching Emma this year, like she was, she and my dad were my sole priority of being at the games and making sure they do well and just doing whatever I could to help them. So if my extra loud cheering could help then I was, I was happy to do it. And I just, I just get hyped up watching my friends and my training partners go kick butt. Yeah. Just, just as much as we're competitors, um, we all want to see each other succeed. Um, one of my favorite events or one of my favorite moments from the games um, was the running and toe to bar event. Uh, Matt had told us, told me and James where to be on the course and, uh, I actually ran as they came out of the stadium. I ran the straightaway with Emma and James ran uh, through the crowd and through the venue um, back to the field. We get back to our spot and we just ran each lap with her, um, just letting her know where people were. And that was really cool. Um, as much as it hurt not being on the floor to be some use to Emma and be part of the such a great team. It was fun. Well, I, that's yeah. a, I didn't even know. That's a great story. That yeah, was I, so helpful to me what they did in that event. And I definitely agree that we all cheer for each other. And I think that I am kind of in a unique situation from them because we're competitors in the gym, but we'll never be on the competition floor. So I want to beat them so badly in training, but if there's anything I can do to help them be better, I want their success. Like there is a spot on top of the podium for me and one other guy. Um, 
so it's like my success or their success would never take away from each other so I want them to be as good as they can be and I have so much confidence that they want me to be as good as I can be and I just can't wait to be surrounded by that every day did you have something Kat I saw you I was just saying, you know, I can imagine too that at your level and being where you guys are, you know, geographically, it, it can be maybe a little bit isolating, right? The, the training that you do and the intensity that you have, you know, not many people are right by your side except for, you know, very close friends and family. So I'm just excited for you guys to be together um, and having sort of the same goals and the same aspirations and the same work ethic um, to be under one roof is going to be uh, really exciting to see you guys develop. For sure. I think one thing Matt's done a really good job at is making sure like, like we'll do something called brutal Fridays, which is where we'll all have the same workout and get to go head to head to head to head, even if we're all in different states and we'll all be texting each other in our little Instagram group chat. How fast do you go? Did you unbroken? Uh, what'd you do here? What'd you do here? And so we're all, we also usually get to feel like we're competing against one another and we're all still a team, no matter how far we are apart, but it's going to make it that much better being in person. So one quick question for Matt is you hear the comp the competitiveness of these three people right here. How are you going to deal with not burning them out? Uh, that's going to be a, a challenge on your part as the coach, right? For sure. You know, here's, here's the one thing that's unique to our camp that we're going to be having is, you know, they will still have their own individualized programming. Um, the competitiveness, I think, is going to be a good thing you know right now we have it set up on Fridays where everyone does the same type of workouts I really wouldn't mind if we did it two days a week I'm sure they would all love it as well um, it would be a little bit more logistically challenging you know because Emma's Monday looks different than James's Monday looks different than Dallin's Monday um, so you know if it's the ability to do it that'd be great growing up on and playing team sports uh, and each level that you get closer to your goal, um, the, the stress increases to be great all of the time. Um, you know, and there's one, there's one thing that, you know, I've spoken to Emma about it. Um, and it's something that I'll be letting all these guys know is, you know, um, I spent a, I spent a couple of days with Bergeron, um, last week and I, and I, the goal of it was to figure out, you know, what are you doing up here with your academy and what are some things that I can bring down to, uh, to our camp, um, to basically try to, you know, do less wrong. Uh, and he, and one major takeaway that I got from him was look, all these athletes, they're going to feel like they're competing all the time. Um, and they have to understand that they're going to lose and they're going to lose bad, you know, and it's not going to be the end of the world. That's what, that's how this sport is. That's how we develop them to be greater athletes. Some people are not capable of handling that pressure. Some people, if they've been so good for so long and they face a little adversity, like a teeny tiny bit, once every Friday, they may not be able to handle that pressure. We see this all the time in, uh, in sport. And for me, it would be like the kid that was like put on a pedestal since the age of like seven, eight and nine in football. And is like coasted, coasted, coasted. They make it to the league. And all of a sudden they're like, it's a new level of competition and they face a little adversity and then you never hear from them again. And they go back to their hometown and they're just, you know, just a normal person doing, you know, normal things, if that. 
Um, you know, so if these athletes that are coming in are able to recognize that, then we'll all succeed together. We're going to win. We're probably going to be losing a lot more than we're winning, but it's training, right? No, there's no audience cheering you on. There's, uh, there's no pressure to lose right now. You just give your best effort. We can get all that audience and pressure when it comes to competition, but realize that when you lose, I need you to lose so I can figure out what needs to improve before we actually have to go and do it for real. That's great. So as we finish up, what are the details? When are, when is everybody moving to Naples? What kind of setup have you designed for them when they get there? And uh, what does the season look like? So right now, uh, what it sounds like is after Wadapalooza, everyone's going to be making that move down. So it sounds like uh, late January, uh, early February. Um, I think if that's where Wadapalooza falls, but anyway, um, as far as like the, the season goes, um, this year and the years to follow each athlete will have different goals as far as where they see, you know, their competitions that they're choosing throughout the season. Um, and so that'll, it'll look, it'll look slightly different. So there may be weeks where, you know, James is getting ready for a competition and the other two are not going to compete at that competition. James is going to be deloaded a little bit that week to be best prepared for, uh, for the weekend. Um, so the seasonal stuff will be different all over the board. Uh, a fun piece that I did yesterday with one of our coaches and they all, all of my athletes have worked with coach Dom before. Um, we started putting the design together of the gym yesterday. Uh, so we're, we're hopeful that everything will be all done and squared away uh, by January. So that's like, that's, that's the piece that I really do enjoy doing. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's the, the gist of it right now. You know, it's the move down in late January, early February. And then, you know, you know how it is in February, the start of February, you're pretty much like the mid season is like right there with the open and then quarters, semis and right into the game. So it'll be good. So any uh, competitions on the horizon for the three of you? I know, Emma, you got your invite to Rogue. Yes, yes. Rogue, and then Dubai, and then Wadapalooza, and then the 2022 season. Dang, she's doing a lot. Uh, I was about to go compete at competition in the middle of November, and I was super excited. It was in uh, Seattle, local competition, and they just had to cancel it for COVID. So kind of readjusted um, from there and now going back to Wadapalooza and going to go compete with these boys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah Wadapalooza qualifier starts Monday. Um, so I'm completely focused on that right now. Awesome. Well, we want to make this a series. We're going to follow you guys throughout the year um, and highlight what you're doing down there in Naples. Um, Kat and I are both going to be at Wadapalooza this year. So maybe we'll hook up there, get a little footage in, uh, get some live uh, action on the floor and catch up with you guys then. Until then, thanks That's a lot, perfect. guys. And uh, good luck on everything in the move. Thanks so Thank much, you very Scott. Much. Thank you. And we'll see you thanks guys for soon. having us. Thank you so much for listening to the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends in partnership with The Morning Chalk Up. Please consider giving us a five-star rating and leaving us a review. It really helps our podcast. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends.